They're just two parents who happen to be dads. One called Harley, the other one is Wads. It's not really Wads, it's Wade! But Wade doesn't rhyme with dads. It's shitting with the door open. That was uh, not the internet. That was our brains. <laughs> <laughs> this is your favourite podcast, Shitting With The Door Open with Harley Breed and Wayne Duffin. Yeah, absolute favourite. The best yeah, Number one. one. Yeah. yeah. Top of the pops here. Um, Top of the pops. We had a pre-record <laughs> meeting and came up with nothing and we went, let's just fire off. <laughs> Look, it works for me in the bedroom. It's going to work for me here. All right, <laughs> the pre-planning meeting. Like, what are we going to do? I don't know. We'll, we'll just wing it. We'll just wing it. We'll see what happens. One of us will finish. <laughs> you know what I want to talk to you about today is how you rebel against authority, just like. Any kind of restriction, any kind of rule, any kind of somebody saying, hey, can you do this? You're like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and you just okay. get like, it's, uh, it's, I want to know what, what's that about? Well, it's almost like if you want me to do something, um, tell me not to, like, it's a, I'm, I'm like classic for a reverse psychology, right? Like. If if you tell me not to, I'm like, oh, fucking all of a sudden I'm doing it, aren't I? Yeah, didn't want me to do it, but now I'm doing it. I, I get in my own way. Someone will tell me to do a thing, and I wanted to do that. I wanted to do the thing. And then someone will tell me, you do the thing. And I'll go, well, fuck you. Now I'm not doing the thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> I don't know why I do it. I don't know how to fix it. I guess at this stage, this is just my lot in life and it's what I'm going to do. I find it so interesting. I find it so fascinating. Yeah. How, because sometimes it'll be like, you'll be telling me a story and it just does seem like a pretty innocuous thing from my end. Mm. You'll be like, oh, like the guy is telling me uh, to, you know, put my shoes on the conveyor belt, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever the fucking rule is. Mm. And then you get really, no, yeah. absolutely fucking not. Yeah, it's the best. I hate rules. But it's very funny. I hate rules. Yeah. I, I find them annoying. Um, I, I Not only do I hate rules for me, I hate being the the um, creator of the rules and the enforcer of the rules, which um, you have to do from time to time as a parent. Um, yeah. Unless you're completely loose unit, like a parent I met um, just over the weekend who has never, ever said no to his child. And I was like, Ooh. well, I think you're an idiot. Um, Ooh, that's not for me. Rough move. Yeah, I think it's a rough it's move. It's not for me. No. I'm not. We're not here to judge other people's parenting choices. A little bit. But that's a little bit because that is, seems you are making a lot of problems for yourself down the track. And not just yourself, for everybody else in the world. Yeah. I just think children do need to hear the word no. And I think... Um, even more importantly, from my own anecdotal experience um, of 4 million children, uh, children seem to feel um, more secure and are at peace more when there are boundaries set. When there are no boundaries and they can just do whatever, I find, um, and th there's obviously, this is 
um, this is not a black and white thing because there does need to be moments where you do well, let's have- not bring race into it. <laughs> I don't know what those others are doing, but over here, this is how we do it. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's there's place for, for just um, free play uh, and an absolute free-for-all. Just go for it. What I'm trying to do in my backyard, for instance, is just have – tools and timber and nails and screws and all of those things and so those who want to just start creating and making can just go and do that with um but but there needs to also be boundaries around um what kind of tools you're allowed to use what kind of products you're allowed to do um also when when is food when is bedtime when is it time for a shower like I, i feel like the kids do a lot of lot better with that and to be honest with you so do i if, if I have boundaries and I have parameters that I have to stick within, I do a lot better. But if somebody sets them yes. for me and I didn't fucking ask for it, <laughs> I don't do so well. Yeah, because they do. They do need like some kind of framework to exist in. Yes. Because they're figuring shit out. They don't know what's going on. They're That's fucking right. up and down, left and right. They're just mm. like spinning around in circles. They need to know what kind of direction that they're moving in. And they need to know when they've gone too far to the side. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, They need to go, oh, I've gone too far this way, I've gone too far that way. I'm trying to change the um, my dialogue uh, around um, uh, re- threats and rewards. So if you do this, I will do this as a punishment. Um, or if you do this, I'll give you this as a reward. And I'm trying to move that into um, consequences. If you don't do this, for instance, if you don't go and get in the shower and get your pyjamas on, we will run out of time for a story. So I'm not using the story as a reward and I'm not using no story as a punishment. I'm saying that if you don't get the things done that I've set down, the consequence will be that we run out of time and and it will just be lights out and it will be into bed. And I think that's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like um, I've talked about this before, like in the mornings when I'm solo parenting, it'll be uh, if you guys are ready by t- in time, then we can watch a TV show while I brush your hair. Yes. But you've got to be ready by like a certain time before school. Otherwise, we just will run out of time. It's, mm. not, and it's not the end of the world, but this is the thing that will happen if we move on time, if you leave the house and I've said, take a jacket and you don't want to take a jacket, well, you're going to get wet. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, you know, and it's that's raining. The like that's, that's the, that's the consequence. And that'll be on you. And like, Oh, I want to take all these, um, toys with me to the park. I'm like, if you take those toys with you to the park, you are responsible for them. Mm. You will take them there and you will bring them back. And anything that's left behind like that's on you. Like yeah, you, these natural consequences. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's such a better way to go, and the way that you frame it as well, the way that you just said it, rather than like, if you do this and I'll do that, and if you do this, you'll get to do that. It's like no, 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 no. If these, uh, this is how life works. Yep. And if you get ready on time, then yeah, there will be a story, or yeah. there will be this, there will be that. The hard yeah. thing is on the other side of that is to is to um, stay true to what I said. And don't have it as a punishment because inevitably the child will be upset because they didn't get the thing that they actually want. It's like, and then you've got to try and um, just hold your ground 
and go, yeah, yeah, I'm not punishing you. I know it feels like that at the moment, but there's just a consequence for what just happened. And then there's also yeah. space um, to um, reevaluate and reassess. For instance, the other day, uh, Walter was just having a real moment, right? And, and um, in in those moments, he was choosing to lash out and, and call people names and even physically lash out. And so I said to him, mate, um, that's not okay uh, for you to treat other people in the space like that. And if you can't be in this space without treating people badly, you're going to have to just go to bed. It was like 3.30 in the afternoon. But to be honest with you, <laughs> well, he needed, like he genuinely needed a moment for a lie down. Yeah. Anyway, it escalated really uh, intensely. I said, hey, buddy, I said it. Um, so now it's it's no dinner and no story. Like we're not going to have it because you, you're impeding on other people's right to body autonomy and not be hurt. So you've got to go to your room. And to his credit, he just left. He just walked off, got, yeah. got up on his bed, and I went in and made sure it was really clear to him what he'd done wrong and why he was uh, um, having a moment out. Um, because of, um, you know, it was hurting his sister. Anyway, he stayed yeah. in there for an hour and I thought he'd gone to sleep. I was like, fuck me, I'm going to be up at 3 a.m. with this guy. Like, <laughs> But about an hour and a half later, he actually came out and um, things had improved uh, dramatically. It had been a turnaround. It's, the, it's, the, it's what the kid needed. He needed some uh, alone time and he needed yeah. a leader to say, hey, I think what you need here, it wasn't a punishment. It wasn't sitting in the naughty quarter. I didn't use the term time out, even though that's what was happening. He just, he actually just needed a bit of a moment to breathe back into his belly and centre himself. And when he came out, everything was going heaps better for him. And so I'm not going to then stick with the whole no no um, dinner and no story time Um even though I had said that and I, I think I did a, a good job of not using it as a threat, it was just a consequence. You're going to have to go into your room and just go to bed and lights out. And I kind of thought he might have stayed yeah. in there all night. So when he came back out and his mood was better, well, I'm going to feed the child and I'm going to read him a story. And so that's what happened. Exactly. And so we kind of use something like similar now, like timeouts, uh, like they're kind of done with, they've been done with for a long time. It's more like, all right, what you need to do is just take yourself to your room, read a book, have some quiet time. And when you're ready to come out and apologize, you come out and apologize. Yes. Like if they've done something, yes. you know, like they hurt their sister or they're being like super rude. It's like, we'll talk about this in a minute, but you go take that time yourself that you need. And when you're ready to talk about it and apologize, then you come back out, but I'll just leave that up to you. Yeah. And then just let them go. And then they kind of get upset and they kind of like work through it and they read a book and then they'll come out and they'll be like, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. And then we'll have a chat about it. And when you move on, Totally. Yeah. It's good. It's a better way to do it. It's good technique. I should try a bit harder. Very good so technique. On the subject of authority, I recently got told <laughs> I recently got told by the real estate agent that I'm not allowed to have my shipping container parked in this property. Well, if you thought that the red mist descended in milliseconds, <laughs> you would be correct. I replied to that message. She goes, I've just noticed there's a shipping container in your yard. Imagine this is exactly how she was typing. <laughs> and you didn't ask me for approval. And I'm like, fuck you and your approval. So I wrote back and probably put fuel on the fire and said, oh, hi there, sorry, I've forgotten that I'd moved home to the land of rules. Please let me know <laughs> what it is I have to do <laughs> to get your approval. <laughs> well, sorry, I've I moved home to the land of yeah. rules. And I, I think... 
um, what I hadn't realised is I was talking to a real patriot Queenslander, a real iron on this is the great state yeah, of Queensland yeah. and should be its own country. And um, she did not take well to that and uh, <laughs> has not approved <laughs> of me keeping the shipping container. And a you know, normal person waited. That situation would learn from that and um, maybe in future try some diplomacy. Um, I am not a normal person and I am doubling down. You should see the email that I've got drafted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to war. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. And I'll probably lose. But (laughs) at least I would have fought (laughs) for um, justice and fairness. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also like it is like a very silly rule. Like some of these like rules that they have for like – for for like renters or for even just in general like you can't have a shipping tanner on your property like why not why like for what reason what? like what yeah. is the purpose there apart from just making a rule that's correct just like it just feels like oh somebody's got a bit bored and just i'll just make this rule that's it that's it yeah problem solved there's no absolutely zero reason for that rule to exist and one, well, one of the top factors, right, this is slightly off topic, but it's still on topic because it's around councils. So that just came from a real estate agent who has no authority at all, right? She, it, it doesn't concern her. It's not her property. It doesn't matter, right? So it, this is actually down to council. And in this area, unfortunately for me, there is some pretty big restrictions about having um, containers on your property, either your property or, or a place that you hold a lease over. And yeah. if we look at the the very real and and what's becoming quite disastrous housing crisis in Australia, one of the main factors of the shortage in housing, other than people hoarding property and treating a human right as an investment opportunity, which just should never have been allowed, is council red tape of trying to um, actually any kind of development has to go through council. Now it. It might go really smoothly because you might deal with a human being that is quite rational of mine and good at their job. Or you might just get the wrong council person who's shit at their job, doesn't like turning up to work and just gives you no's for no reason. It takes you two years just to get the fucking approvals through. And if we can get rid of those um, gatekeepers, um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have rules around how we construct things. I don't want people to die. I don't want roofs to be lifted off by cyclones. There's got to be things that you have to do. But, um, you know, back in the, I think it was in the late 40s, early 50s, post-war, they needed to build houses. They just put um, a, a design in the Age newspaper. It was free. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast before. Then you'd take no. <laughs> this little pamphlet into Australia Post and they would give you the full designs and then you could just go and build your own house. You could just get it done. <laughs> well, now, you, even if you had the skills, the abilities to build a house, you just it's such a difficult thing to be an, an owner-builder and get all those permits through council. Um, and so costs are more expensive, things get ho- held up, and now we have a housing shortage. Yeah, you really have to know that system. It's like every system, you just have to know it. You have to know the ins and outs. You have to know who to talk to. You have to know which forms to fill out at which time. And it's just, unless, you know, the the first time you do that stuff, it's fucking a headache. You don't know what's going on. And it's the same with um, uh, Centrelink. Yes. It's the same with all kind of council stuff. It's the same with anywhere. It's the same with like um, the health system, the education system, anywhere where there's a bureaucracy. Yes. There is an unnecessary amount of red tape and an unnecessary amount of complication for 
I cannot like the tax system is fucking shocking Mate, for it. Uh, like I why cannot is it so see difficult? like the logic behind it. Like why is it so difficult? Yeah. No wonder you're angry at authority. Now I'm getting angry at authority. Now I'm firing up. <laughs> We've just been filling out the forms for Quill's birth, right? Because you get um, yeah. just the tiniest bit of money. It is actually a joke. It's, it, it's, it's almost more offensive than no money at all of what they will pay to a mother to go on maternity leave. Um, so we're trying to grab that money because it's ours to have. And just the forms that we've got to fill out, both of us are pretty intelligent people. And it, the, you're like, but what does this bit mean? And I don't understand this. And they're also expecting yeah. a woman to fill that out, um, you know, in the weeks after she's just given birth, it, which is completely ridiculous. You're not allowed to fill it out and submit it before the baby's come, which makes no sense to me, right? Um, yeah, no. Other than in the, the instance of, of a tragedy, which would be tragic for everybody, now, in that scenario, if there's something very tragic that has happened with that baby, uh, you probably still need money. In fact, you might even need more to help you move through that moment. So I can see no reason why you couldn't submit these forms and have them incredibly um, simple, just a one-page thing, tickety-tickety-tick, boom, now we'll put the money in your account to help you um, recoup and nurture this child. But the, the bureaucrats got in the way because someone more. was fucking bored. And they were like, let's put another box on there. <laughs> and we just idiots. put another page and another page yes. and another page and another page. And this and English is your first language and Hannah's first language. Yes. Imagine like being like an immigrant to this country. Yeah. To someone who's come to this country looking for like a better life. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, now I've got to fill out this form. Now I've got to fill out that form. Yeah. Like the absolute horrendousness of it. It's just gross. It really is gross. And let's not forget um, the NDIS. And the absolute disaster that um, families have to go through to just try and get some support when they're already suffering. And I just remember this was so intense to me when Nellie Thomas said this to me, that she was um, applying for some assistance through the NDIS. She's got multiple degrees and, and after days of trying to figure out the forms and was on the phone to Centrelink, she just gave up. That's somebody who's university educated yeah, well, and incredibly intelligent and couldn't fucking get the forms done. And incredibly, like, um, practical, practically, like, you know, like, just be able to, she just gets shit done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nellie just goes, oh, we'll just do this, we'll just do this, you do this. She's very um, capable. Yes. Is the word I'm looking for, like, super capable. So if somebody like Nellie <laughs> yeah. up here can't get that done, like, where, what hope does the rest of us have, let alone, right. you know, it's just... It's a it's a fuck system. What do you what do you think about her idea of um the veggie drawer though? Going and picking out two different kinds of veggies. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: now that the girls are a bit older, we've actually come around to it. <laughs> I did not know that now I was that... leading you into such a big shitty <laughs> over moment. You trapped Sorry, me. what was you that? You trapped me. You think Nelly's idea was a good one? at the time it was not a good idea but now as new information has come this is how science works new information comes to hand and ideas can evolve and change so now if i make a dinner and they don't like it they're like you go get yourself something make sure it's healthy eat that for dinner instead so I think massive. that was my idea, and uh, you're welcome, Nelly. You are welcome. You can use that yourself, actually. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe this. That's huge. You're both idiots. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> because I'll be making like I'm just tired of making the same thing like over and over and over and over mm. that they'll eat like it's like pasta or tacos or fish and chips or pizza like it's just constantly the same yes. kind of like kids food bored you know like the yeah. stuff you get like the, the kids menu at a fucking pub like that's yeah. the food that they want to eat and I'm just bored of it so now I'm just going to make what I want to make and then if they are hungry I'm like yeah we'll go get some cereal make yourself some toast get some fruit I, I don't care. Just <laughs> I'm done. Right? I've made the food. I'm not making any more meals. I cracked it the other day because I was made like um, I was making like a, a dinner that I wanted to eat, but I knew that they wouldn't eat it. So I was like, then I was furious at myself because I'm now going to have to make a second dinner. And then I just went, well, I'm not making it. Like yelling at myself. No one else was around. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like getting angry at myself. I'm just not making it. And then Claire walks in. She's like, what's happening? I'm like, I'm not making a second dinner. And she's like, good. Just don't. Just don't make it. <laughs> she was like, what are you getting angry for? Just, just don't do it. I'm like, all right, good. And then I told the girls, I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right. So I've, okay. <laughs> I can see who the clear problem in the situation is. <laughs> and it's been better. It's been better because it's tiring, like, doing, like, all the 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 cooking, like, constantly. Like, uh, it is. Just boom, 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 boom. Especially when it's the same thing. It's like, it's just boring. I just want to make different stuff because it's it's fun. It's yeah, because, because you like cooking and you're good at it and um, you like experimenting with things you may have done before or a new thing. I'm exactly the same. But just yesterday, um, I started talking about, and I would encourage people to do this. This was an, uh, an idea I came up with. It was something that I saw and it really sat with me about ch- um, making sure that your children, again, always in an age-appropriate way, understand the mental load of the house because there's heaps and heaps of discussion around who wears the mental load in the house. And it's usually um, gender wars on this, uh, you know, whether women yeah. hold more of the mental load or whether men hold more of the mental load and, and, and both sides are, are sort of not giving an inch and going, well, I have to do all of this. And um, that's obviously toxic and not going to work. Uh, but in the discussion of who wears the mental load, it's actually really important for the children to understand that they too have to, so this came out of a discussion of um, there's a potential that we're going to get another puppy because I have a mental illness and don't seem to be able to just fucking stop putting very big commitments on myself with regards to creatures that I have to care for. Let's just leave that aside for, for now. I knew you were going to love that. So, <laughs> of course, all the children are like, we're absolutely getting the puppy. And um, uh, and even Hannah was was pretty into the idea. And I was a little bit like, yeah. well, with, with the last dog, um, you know, the peanut that we've got, it's mo- mainly fallen on me to make sure that the dog is all right. And I wasn't using this as a, I don't want it. I was just speaking through fact and I was speaking more openly with Leonard and then I started bringing up the mental load of the house and he talked me through his day of what he has to do and I chose not to laugh at him because it was pretty fucking funny when he talked to me about all the things he has to do. One of them was wake up. I have to wake up. I'm like, do you, mate? Fuck, that must be hard. I chose not (laughs) to have that reaction and just let him go off with his list. Yeah, well done, champ. You've achieved something today. You woke up. But then he he asked me about what my mental load was in the house. And so I said, oh, great. Well, let's just pick a day when I'm not 
I'm traveling for comedy and I'm not going into radio or something like that. So I'll just talk you through a normal day um, here at the house and what I said on a school day. And I talked him through everything yeah. throughout the day. And at the end of it, he goes, yeah, I could probably help cook some meals. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, that's good. He saw it. And so it's a really great result, isn't it? So we, we spent the night last night coming up with four out of the seven nights. Let's just keep them really simple. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, because on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they, they can usually be moments where we might be going to a friend's house or have friends over here. We can be a bit more fancy and just pick some really yeah. simple things so that on those days, Leonard knows, for instance, if we're going to have what we call poke bowls and they're not really poke bowls, it's just rice with vegetables um, and yeah. usually chicken um, and an egg and then condiments on the table. He knows that on poke bowl night, he's, he can prep the broccoli. So he can just come home from school and he can chop up the broccoli or he can get the rice in the rice cooker or he can um, make sure that there's chicken in the fridge and if there's not, he can duck around to the shops because he's doing those things. And I was genuinely yeah. impressed with not only did he understand what I was talking about in terms of the mental load, he was like, okay, I want to share some of that load. Great. Yeah, good result. It is that thing like because um, um, I've been trying for a lot and I think the girl, they're just a bit young. You know, they're just a little bit young. I would agree. Um, but they will they will help with, like, some stuff. I'm like, you know, you guys pick one meal a week. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> pick one <laughs> meal a week that you want to eat, and I will help you cook it. But you've got it, you're responsible for it. I will help you. Like, I'll do the chopping. We can do the stirring together, blah, blah, blah. I'll do the chopping where it's appropriate. There's some stuff that they can chop because they don't need quite as sharp a knife, yep. um, which I'm happy to give them. Um. And it lasts for like a week and then they're like, oh, no, we, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but I really want to, to start doing it because you learn to cook now <laughs> and it just makes your life so much easier as you get older. Absolutely. And it'll make my life so much easier yes. as well. Yeah. So, man, I love that. I love like that he really just like took it on board. Well, because initially what he took on, because it, it was sort of around the dog. And then I was talking about, you know, how I need help to do these things, you know, to remember that the dog food needs to be bought, that it's running low, or to remember that the dog needs to be walked, or, or that the dog needs to go to the vet to be wormed, or the dog needs to be washed, those sorts of things. And he came in and he said, okay, um, can I have $3 to walk the dog? And I'm like, you've missed the point. Because we were having yeah. a dual conversation about how he earns money, but also how he it takes on some of the mental load. I'm like, you've just... Um, turn some of the mental load into a way for you to earn money. <laughs> so I'm wanting you to find ways to earn money. So you've got to come up with something um, that that uh, I need or that is a need around here that's beyond the day-to-day -day things of making beds, um, cleaning lunch boxes, walking the dog. Those things are just things that have yeah. to happen every day. And if I've got to pay you for it, then I'll just keep that load. I'll just I'll do it. So it was, you know, yeah, it was a good yeah. discussion. It was sort of backwards and forwards. And it, I was slightly um, running down the road of contradicting what I was saying. But the point is the 13-year-old really got it, got it. Whereas I might offer to pay some of the younger children to do the same jobs that I just expect them to do without pay. And that's because they're at a different stage of development and different abilities. But then how do you if they get older then and they get to the point where you're like, well, you can just do that without getting paid. They'll be so used to getting paid for that job. Well, I've just done it with Leonard. He was, he was getting $5 to walk peanut um, when we were living in Melbourne. 
Yeah. So he, he even downgraded himself because he knew, I think, he was taking the piss. But he was getting $5. That was mm. – I was paying so that there was an incentive to understand what the job takes. And then he did it for a while and, and then I, yes, I, I just went, well, I'm not paying you to do that anymore because all of a sudden he was taking the dog for a walk twice a day. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not paying you 10 bucks, mate. <laughs> Of course you would. Of course you would. Of course you would. You find that you you get that system like five dollars a walk. Oh, he's getting ten walks a day. He's not an idiot. Poor peanut, just like laying there, just exhausted, can't go out anymore. Leonard's putting him on the skateboard, just dragging him along, dragging the dog around the park. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, it's you know it's a it's oh, all it's an great. evolving landscape. Parenting is an evolving landscape. It doesn't mm. fucking stop. And you're now at the very beginning again, oh, as well as me. like entering the teens. You know what I mean? So you're fucking you're you're covering the entire spectrum all at once. <laughs> yeah, I think I've said Cast this to you. The net uh, wide, either off uh, not recording. I think, but I may have said it. I currently have. The four major developmental changes of a child, I have all four of them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> loving it. I am. I'm loving uh, it. Uh, yeah, it's like it's hectic, but it'll be fun. And then you've got like, um, like just all these little ones just getting older and older and older and they get fun. Yeah, they do get a lot more fun, and I'll you know, say like- this too to to anybody who's thinking about having uh, more children or or is currently looking down the path of having, you know, their third or fourth and feeling daunted by it. Um, you 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 may I was maybe slightly worried about this, like how how am I going to love them all? How, like how because that's all you got to do with kids, right? Is just love them. That's just just love them and make sure they eat their vegetables. And um, I. I've got to tell you, it's really easy. You just get more love. You just get more. And I'm genuinely yeah. fucking pumped about it and enjoying the hell out of it. The other day, the four of them were just in the um, bedroom together. Quill was lying very happily observing the other three. The other three were getting along famously and I was just standing in there trying to be quite passive in the situation, just watching and observing. I'm like, this rules. I've got a gang. Like I've bred my own gang. That's <laughs> <laughs> really cool. <laughs> I really love it. Uh, it is great. It's great, great, great. Yeah, man. Very cool. Have you been cooking anything good lately? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm getting one thing. I'm getting really great meat. So, because I'm up here in Queensland and, uh, so close now to Echo Valley Farms. Last night I cooked a pork chop and it's one of the best pork chops I've ever had. So it was cut ridiculously thick. I I would have said it's a two inch thick um, pork chop minimum. And um, so I took the um, yeah. my induction cooker outside and I got my fry pan as hot as I could and I seared either side of it. And then Ooh. I had the oven at 175 and I just put the whole chop in the oven for about, I don't know, about 25 You'd minutes. You'd have to when it's that thick, wouldn't you? Got to, yeah. You couldn't like cook that in a pan. Yeah. And this was after the children had gone yeah. to bed. Yeah, you'd so have to. 
it was just um, yeah. uh, Leonard, Hannah, and I, and the, the chop was enough for all of us. We'd had a dinner already, and then we were cooking this. And then in the pan fat, so I put it into to an oven pan, but in the fry pan fat, I literally turned the heat off as soon as I got the chop out, and I just threw in asparagus and then dropped some butter in on top of that and literally just heated it through the pork fat with the butter, and then we just had asparagus and these slivers of um, the pork chop and Oh boy, I'm like I'm really loving cooking very simply, like really minimal kind of stuff. Nice, yeah, delicious. Yourself, that sounds have you excellent. Been, have you been I exploring made, things? I made, man, I made these delicious brownies recently. I posted them. Um, yeah, I posted them on Facebook. Uh, just from recipe ten eats, you just like Google that brownies, but I put in like extra cocoa and extra chocolate. Yes, and they're just like super fudgy, super like like gooey fucking delicious brownies but what about what the i brownies? made the other day that was great was like this lebanese <laughs> classic it'll never get old it'll never get old even with the fucking horrible delay that we've got going at the moment and i think it's credit to both of us we have pushed through it but fuck there is a lag (laughs) i just didn't want to reference it i'm just like no we're just going i made this like a lebanese chicken and potato tray bake that was just Just like you marinate the chicken and like yogurt and like all these like different spices nice. and herbs and some lemon juice. And then you just roast it like these chicken thighs and then you just roast it. Except I just took, um, the recipe was chicken thighs, but I just got like a couple of chooks and just like pieced them up and right. portioned them. Like chop, chopped it up and then, because I wanted the skin because the skin goes all like crispy yes. and delicious. Yeah. And then just mix it with like um, some onion and some garlic and some potatoes and just roast it. Until it's all crispy, and then you've got like all the the sauce is like the the juice from the the chicken and the yogurt and stuff that's kind of like all mixed in at the bottom of the pan. Fucking excellent. nice. That sounds excellent. awesome. I would wonder how that. I suppose it would work if I used coconut yogurt. I can't use cow's yogurt. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Send me that recipe. Uh, I'll, I will crack into that because I reckon my kids would get all over that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put like a little bit of like chili on it as well, just like at the very end. Um, good chats, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, mate. I enjoyed it. I'm um, counting mate. down the counting down the minutes until the great Wade Duffin arrives up here. No, two weeks. Two What's weeks. What's the date today? 27th. All right, just over two weeks. So not next yeah. week, the week after. Yeah, like two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not long at all. No. It's going to be the best. Fired up! Wait. I'm fired up. In the mean, in the middle of that time, like for the next two weeks, um, um, starting next Monday, um, I will be doing summer breakfast on the Triple M network around the country again. If you want to tune in and listen to one half of this podcast, behaving myself uh, incredibly well and not talking about <laughs> some of the things that we do uh, in this podcast, <laughs> you can tune in uh, to that. That's what I'll be doing for the next two weeks. Excellent. Mate, it's going to be great. Great, great, great. All right. I'll see you soon. Love you, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Love you. Bye. Dads.